Welcome to Musicians Maintenance, the podcast for musicians who care enough about their craft to make sure their body never limits their potential. For the full Musicians Maintenance experience, sign up for the email newsletter for the tips, tools, and resources that will help you take care of your body at least as well as you take care of your instrument. Simply head over to musiciansmaintenance.com to join. That's musiciansmaintenance.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Musicians Maintenance. I'm Cody, and today we're going to talk about warming up your body prior to practicing and playing. Warming up is probably something you know you should do, but I'm betting that you either don't do it or you aren't doing it quite as well as you could be. If you don't, maybe it's because you don't know what you should be doing. Maybe it's because you don't think it does anything for you. Maybe it's because there frequently isn't the time or space for a warm-up prior to big performances. Or maybe it's even socially awkward. You don't want to be the only weirdo in the orchestra band looking like you're getting ready for an aerobics class before you rehearse. All of those are valid reasons not to warm up. I'll try to address some of those objections and give you the, reason, give you the reasoning why, for why warming up is worth your time. Um, I'm also going to help you differentiate good warm-ups from not-so-good ones. And finally, I'm going to give you a good warm-up routine as recommended by one of the biggest names in musicians' health and a version modified a little bit by yours truly. So let's go. Let's start with why you may want to consider warming up. To do that, let's get back to the water in the cup analogy that I presented in the last episode. If you haven't listened to that yet, please go back, check it out. Otherwise, this might not make a lot of sense. The first reason is that practice rehearsals and performances all dump a lot into your cup, both physically and in some cases emotionally. If you're going to spend long hours in the practice room, you're going to need space in the cup. If you need to deal with the unpredictability of rehearsals, you need space in the cup. If you need to deal with the pressure of performance or additions, you need space in the cup. A good warm-up functions as a way to drain the cup before you get started. It lets you start playing with more space to fill. The second thing that a good warm-up may do is move you in a way that helps you divert water from the cup A's that your body is really efficient at using and is prone to overusing and starts the process of using those cup B's. The more you can spread the load throughout the body, the less likely you are to overfill the cups of those problem areas, or at least give you more time to work before it happens. Ideally, the draining the cup along with the diverting to cup B's works together to reduce your risk of injury. There isn't much research specifically on musicians to test this theory, but there is in other areas which we'll look at in a minute. The last thing that a good warm-up will do is act as a transition or a ritual that bridges the gap between normal life and performing. One of the purposes of playing music and one of the ways that you can improve your practice and performance is by getting yourself into a flow state. That can be tricky to do, but the more rapidly you can enter it, the better you can practice and perform. You can try to think your way into it, but rituals, particularly those that use your breath and body, can be much more, a much more efficient way to go about it. Obviously, using the warm-up as a bridge to flow state starts moving into the realm of performance psychology, but thinking about it this way might take your focus off of wellness and put it squarely on performance, which may be more interesting to you. As an aside, I may be interested in wellness, but I might even be a little bit more interested in performance and would argue that training your body to tolerate the physical and emotional demands of auditions, rehearsals, touring, long hours in the practice room, performance, and other challenging li- other challenges uh, in the life of a musician or a music student can give you a competitive edge. But that's probably a whole different topic. 
So in short, a good warm-up will prep your tissues so they're ready to play and hopefully reduce your injury risk for that session, as well as act as a ritual to more rapidly enter a flow state. Notice, though, that I've qualified those statements. I didn't say that any warm-up will do these things. I say that a good warm-up will do these things. I mention this because I spent a fair amount of time scouring the internet for examples of warm-ups, and the vast majority that I found I would put in the not-so-good category. I did find three reasonable ones, which I've included in this week's newsletter, but none of them were exactly what I was looking for. So, perhaps we should think a little bit more about what I think you should avoid, then I'll get into what I think you should do. When I think about warming up, I I envision something like a high school football or soccer team standing around in a circle with the captain or two in the middle, going through a bunch of stretches and counting to 10 in unison. You know the one. Eight. Nine, ten, okay, other side, one, two, three, you get the idea. That's not a good warm-up. Here's the problem. Instead of a warm-up routine, it's a static stretching routine. Static stretching is just when you stretch a muscle and hold it for a while. Static stretching functions very differently than warming up. The two main reasons to warm up, especially in sports, but also in the case of playing music, is to reduce your risk of injury during that session and to improve your performance during that session. Static stretching doesn't accomplish either goal. Static stretching has been studied, and it's consistently been found to provide no benefit in reducing the risk of injury during an activity if it's used as the warm-up. The reason why it's thought that you don't see a reduction in injury risk has to do with what happens to your muscle after you stretch it. Turns out that if you test the strength of a muscle, then stretch it for a while, then retest the strength, the muscle performs weaker after stretching. That seems like exactly the opposite effect that we would want if we were going to turn around and use the heck out of those muscles. But static stretching is exactly what I saw in many of the warm-ups for musicians. In particular, particular, many of the warm-ups used a lot of stretching of the hand and wrist. So, I would argue that you're going to want to avoid static stretching in your warm-ups. Like everything, there are exceptions to the rule, but there are exceptions for a reason. If static stretching is going to be included, there needs to be a very good reason why. It's probably more simple to just leave it out. That doesn't mean that static stretching doesn't have a place in taking care of your body. I think stretching can be very helpful, but it might not be the right tool to use right before or during a session. The other mistake that I saw in several of the warm-ups was that, to me, they were too relaxing. Peak performance relies on you finding a state of moderate arousal. And yes, add innuendo as you like, but I'm going to use the term because I can't think of a better one. Uh, If arousal is too low, things don't go well. If arousal is too high, things don't go well. If you find a happy medium, it's much easier to get into a flow state and perform. I understand why the warm-ups came off as too relaxing. It's rare to find a musician who's lethargic and doesn't care enough. Stereotypically, musicians are anxious, high-energy, perfectionists, all of which need to be reined in to get optimal performance and flow. So I think that the warm-up does need to have a down-regulating function, but I don't think that it should leave you there. So those are my main critiques of the warm-ups that are out there. I do want to mention that I don't want to come off as overly critical of those who've made the effort to take what they've learned put together a warm-up, and generously share it. As you know, creating something and putting it into the world is brave, so I appreciate what they've done with their genuine efforts to serve uh, the musician's health community. At the same time, I want to try and elevate the discussion, and to do that, professional and respectful critique is necessary. 
I also think that if I'm going to critique, I need to offer up an alternative that is subject to critique as well. To that end, let's look at what makes a good warm-up. I argued in the first episode that musicians are fundamentally different from athletes, and so we don't want to blindly take what athletes are doing and apply that to musicians. However, the warm-up is an area uh, that I think we may want to consider stealing from liberally. You see, in the 90s, when I was in high school, you'd see the teams doing the 10-second count static stretch, cir- static stretch circle warm-up. But nowadays, you see the vast majority of teams doing a dynamic warm-up. And I would bet that 100% of collegiate and pro teams use a dynamic warm-up as well. The reason for this is because the research on its effectiveness is overwhelming. I don't want to bore you with research on sport, but I do want to present one example. FIFA, the international organization governing soccer, had a group of international experts design a better soccer warm-up, a dynamic warm-up. They subjected it to testing. They published the study uh, results in the British Medical Journal in 2008, and it showed 54% fewer overuse injuries, 48% fewer severe injuries, 37% fewer training injuries, and 29% fewer game injuries when compared to warming up as usual. These results have also been replicated in other populations and other sports. In addition to the reductions in injuries, other studies have shown improved performance in areas like agility, jumping, balance, strength, and others after doing the warm-up. Any way you slice it, the dynamic warm-up is better. I'm not saying that musicians should do the FIFA 11 warm-up. As I mentioned earlier, we don't have any research on a similarly developed warm-up for musicians But with the high injury numbers that we see in musicians and injury reduction rates above, it seems clear to me that there's potential in having serious musicians get out of the 90s stretch circle warm-up mentality and into a more modern, professional, effective, dynamic warm-up. Now we need to go another layer deeper and propose an exact dynamic warm-up. You can take the principles above and try and make one yourself, but I'm betting you're busy. Luckily in my searches, I found a hidden gem. A a proposed warm-up described on a podcast interview by one of the world's foremost experts in musicians' health. Bronwyn Ackerman is an Australian physical therapist, although they call him physiotherapist down there, at the University of Sydney, and has done a lot of and has a lot of experience working with the Sydney Symphony Orchestra starting back in 1995. In 2002. Since 2002, she's been doing research on the physical health of musicians and is the editor of the peer-reviewed scientific journal, Medical Problems of Performing Artists. When I started doing a literature review on musicians' health, I kept seeing her name on some of the more interesting articles that I read, so I started trying to find podcast interviews that she had done. There weren't many, but I did find a good one. She was on the podcast of a piano teacher named Tim Topham, and the interview described the warm-up that she recommends. Not surprisingly, the warm-up is a dynamic warm-up. No static stretching. I'll put the link in the, uh, to the interview in the notes. The page that has the video of the warm-up part, uh, the page has a video of the warm-up uh, part of the interview. She'll walk you through the movements, and you can see her demonstrating them as well. I've gone over that warm-up video a bunch of times and put together my own variation. I made a few t- tweaks to what she described, mostly in terms of the order that Uh, that it flows in to make it flow better, and made sure to keep the time to less than five minutes. I also added two wrist and finger movements that I like uh, that are commonly used in gymnastics and adjusted some of the breathing to achieve the dual purpose of slowing things down as you enter the warm-up, 
but using the breath to ramp things up a little bit by the end. So you exit the warm-up physically and mentally primed to play. If you're interested in my version of the warm-up, then head over to musiciansmaintenance.com slash warm-up, and the video is there. Hopefully you'll be able to learn the warm-up, bookmark the page on your phone, then just open it up, put the phone on your music stand, and follow along uh, before you play until you have it memorized and no longer need to think about it. You can just do it. Whether you use the one from the interview or the video that I made, one thing that I'll mention is that I recommend you try out the warm-up outside of practicing or playing situation first to see how your body tolerates it. The movements are big, so if you have something that's painful already, it might not be right for you and you may need to modify it or seek treatment. Even if you don't hurt during the day or while playing, if the movements in this warm-up hurt you, you probably want to seek out treatment and get it taken care of while it's a little problem instead of waiting until it does affect your playing. It's best not to learn this right before. It's also best not to learn this right before you start playing, especially before a uh, performance. Also, I wouldn't advise you to start using this prior to auditions or performances before you've used it in practice several sessions and found that it works for you. With all those warnings and precautions aside, um, I'm just about ready to send you off to check out the warm-up interview uh, or my version of it. But before I do, I wanted to cover one more thing. There will be times when things go wrong before a performance. You won't have the time or space to warm up properly. I want this warm-up to be something that helps you uh, prepare your body, but I don't want you to become dependent on it. Your body is strong and resilient. It can, it can perform without warming up. But it can be mentally and physically challenging if the first place you have to try this is at a performance. It's best to see what happens in lower-stakes practice situations. So do the warm-up consistently in your practice for a while, the whole thing, then start taking elements out and see how you do. Can you do half as many repetitions of each movement? What if you leave elements out? What if you do only one breath? Ideally, you can get to the point where just that one breath puts you into the place where you can access peak performance. So use the warm-up, use it the majority of the time, and use it to get your body ready to play and your mind prepped for flow state consistently but then make sure you take that association you build between doing the warm-up and being prepared to perform and pare it down to the point where you can get there with just a breath if necessary. Make sure the warm-up helps your ability to perform become more resilient, not dependent and fragile. So that's all I've got for you for the warm-up. In short, many of the warm-ups for musicians that I found had what I believe to be too much of a focus on old-school static stretching, uh, that's ineffective at best and at worst decreases performance, a better, more science-based way to warm up uh, that has the potential to improve performance and reducing in injury risk is a dynamic warm-up. Luckily, an expert in musician's health has already proposed what I think is a very good dynamic warm-up that I've taken, modified, and tried to make as a useful resource for you. It's at musiciansmaintenance.com slash warm-up, or check out the link to the Ackerman video in the show notes. Uh, those show notes will be at musiciansmaintenance.com slash pod003. Whichever way you decide to go, please check one of them out. Learn it, use it, tell your friends, colleagues, professors, and teachers about, about it, and let's get more musicians using a modern, effective, dynamic warm-up instead of doing old-school static stretching. Last, don't let your warm-up make your performance fragile and dependent on it. After using the warm-up consistently, start pressure testing it and see if you can remove reps, elements, or get all the way down to just one breath and still be physically and mentally primed for peak performance. That's all for now. 
That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening to Musicians Maintenance, the podcast for musicians who care enough about their craft to make sure their body never limits their potential. If you enjoyed this and found it helpful, then please consider helping to support the podcast by recommending it to a friend or colleague or sharing it on social media. You can also leave a review on your favorite podcasting service to make it easier for other musicians to find the podcast. Also remember, for the full Musicians Maintenance experience, sign up for the email newsletter for the tips, tools, and resources that will help you take care of your body at least as well as you take care of your instrument. Simply head over to musiciansmaintenance.com to join us. That's musiciansmaintenance.com.